0: Thanks for tuning in to episode 31 of Unmanned Uncovered. This is your host, Stephen Gloss, a drone subject matter expert, consultant, content creator, and instructor for Consorting an organization purpose to help you and your organization fly drones safely with training and software. This podcast series sets out to seek interesting profiles within the drone industry and discover unique viewpoints on industry developments and contributions. With me on today's show is Troy Hiddle. Troy is a North American general manager for SenseFly, a company whose proven drone solutions simplify the collection and analysis of geospatial data, allowing professionals in surveying, agricultural, engineering, and humanitarian aid to make better decisions faster. Troy is an Air Force veteran and has a storied background in program management, drone operations, and sales development. Troy Heddle, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Awesome. Stephen. thank you so much, man. That's some energy. I am pumped up. Woo, let's do this, right? It's All right, right, man. All right. Thank you for that great intro. No, no problem. It's It's been about a month now, maybe a little longer since I had the chance to meet you face-to-face at the North Carolina Drone Expo and Flight Summit. An awesome event. I just want to say I really appreciate your willingness to take some time to discuss your background and the amazing things SenseFly is doing within the industry. I'm sure you must be really busy, especially with the sort of traction your company has been gaining in recent months.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely not uh, too busy to take some time with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. We've been looking forward to this. So absolutely happy to be here. Let's go.
0: Yeah, I hope this is a great way to, like I said, share what you guys are doing. So before we turn our focus onto Sensefly and its innovative EB platform, I want to take some time and learn more about you and your role specifically within the company. During your time in the Air Force, what were some of the biggest takeaways concerning the advantages and applicability of drones compared to manned flight operations?
1: Absolutely. It's a, it's a great question. And, you know, that was my first exposure was back in 2005. Uh, you know, in a certain part of Afghanistan, and, and seeing a a smaller UAS, and, and seeing an element trying to work with that and get the most they could out of it. Uh, so I realized there, in, in one word, uh, it was availability. You know, there, there were awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were times, you know, when it, when it wasn't really practical to request an air asset to look over the other side of the ridge or or down around the bend. Uh, or even just to fly a smaller area to detect threats, right? Uh, yeah. so pulling an aircraft wasn't so so feasible always, but you know larger drones were were able to fill in the gaps of coverage and and drones in general you know were able to help focus that manned aircraft to that area of interest. Um, but you know primarily you know boots on ground, you know, being able to have that technology to again pop over that ridge line and get a better situational awareness and understand what's going on was absolutely valuable. So that's, that's where, where I really got turned on to the technology.
0: That's pretty cool. I did some, as I do with everybody on this show, I did some spying on you on your LinkedIn to kind of get a, a grasp of your history. And I saw that you were a Tactical Air Control Party Specialist in the Air Force. That's right. So I'm, I'm sure you were regularly engaged with drone operations within that role. But how did you actually make the transition to the drone operations side of things? Because that's a pretty significant jump. How did that work?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it was it was pretty natural, in in my opinion, because I, I had some rough ideas as to where I was headed uh, when I had decided to to get out of the Air Force uh, and, and move into a diff- different direction of my life. Uh, I knew that – you know, in my civilian life, contracting would definitely be an option in some form or fashion. But again, I, I didn't realize at that point it'd be dealing with drones. Um, but being a attack P and and working in that community, it really helped me understand the the ground to air picture. This is why it was was kind of natural for me to take the opportunity. So understanding that ground to air you know situation and and how to interact with that and and the capability that air power brought, I really started to understand what could be done uh, locally with drones. So that was the takeaway. And then, again, you know, w- when I got the opportunity, I, I got out, I went to school, and I was in my junior year. I was starting my junior year, and I, I got this notification, this email, to be involved in in flying intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance, so ISR. I got the opportunity to to do that with a drone. And to be honest with you, I really didn't think about it too long. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. here's an opportunity to take what I what I had done in the Air Force and connect it to a path forward. Um, so I jumped at that opportunity. Uh, the work itself, right away, meant a lot to me as I understood the scope of what we'd be doing. Um, you know that that I'd be able to now provide support and coverage uh, for ground troops uh, where I once stood. You know, and to provide that be a, provide that kind of surveillance and support and collecting important pieces to that puzzle. Uh, So immediately I was I was turned on by what we were going to be doing. You know, also, again, I was connecting something my service to my civilian life. And um, it was during that time that I really became infatuated with with solutions in general. So drones were cool. I've always been turned on by different kit and, and tools and being able to do neat things. But during that period of time, I said, wow, you know, this is a true solution. We're making an impact.
0: That's really cool. You don't, you don't often hear stories like that. You really, you bring a really unique perspective and a skill set to the drone industry as you were as a TACP in the Air Force on the data collection and the data analysis side of the work that drones do in the skies. So it's, it's interesting that you're able to merge those two together. And I'm sure that that really helped you and gave you an advantage as you move forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was the, it was a great decision. I'm glad I, I'm glad I made it.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. What was one of the biggest challenges with getting immersed into advanced drone operations as a civilian contractor?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, one of the big things is that you you're you're not reading from a book of things that had been done, you know, with this specific platform anyway, drone operations had been going on, but we were one of the earlier teams to deploy with, with the Silver Fox was the name of, was the UAS that we used. Um, So from a technical standpoint, it was, it was challenging to keep operations going, right? So, so we're out there, uh, we're collecting data, but you got to keep these birds in the air. And that comes with, you know, a lot of uh, feedback in the, in the technical loop with engineers and, and we're out there, you know, making sure that we're able to keep flying again, building a program and not working with something already built. So we dealt with those natural challenges uh, from a deliverable standpoint. You know, we're out here collecting data and, and providing coverage, but to be able to make sure that the customer is getting what they want, right? That's, that's obviously a, a no brainer, right? So, and I'm so, sure
0: that's a big focus t- even today with you and Sensefly. Absolutely, that never changes,
1: right? so you know you're you're there to provide a service at the end of the day and uh, you want to provide the best product I think what was what was very key to our success was thinking outside the box i mean that's that's something that's kind of a natural mindset for for me and and, and anybody in that community out there facing these challenges as they come up is keeping that open mindset and thinking outside the box and and bringing in even uh, to some level you know Troops that have been on the ground, or soldiers that have been on the ground that, that maybe couldn't be out anymore due to medical issues, but they're still on site, they're still on the fob, but bringing them in and saying, "Hey, you know, you actually walked here. You know, what, what's normal, what's not normal," and and that was huge to our success. So we were able to provide a really, really good product, and and to to continue on with this one, it's a great question because. You know, integration was also an issue, and what I mean by that is is working with the local air assets, right? Because here we are; we're a drone, could probably even be a, a nuisance to some of the, you know, to some other air wings or or air assets that are around. Um, but once we were able to convey to them that we really understood the environment, and it wasn't long ago when we were walking through those valleys ourselves. When we were able to show that and and ah uh, show a high level of care and professionalism. The sky's really opened up for us and we were able to get a lot of good work done.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say that because that's exactly what needs to and I feel like is happening on the commercial side in the United States is the more professionalism we bring to the industry, the, the more gateways and, and keys to different doors that I think we'll be able to unlock. That's right. So I saw that you joined SenseFly back in 2016. What was SenseFly up to back then and what motivated you to want to join their team?
1: Absolutely. It's a great question, too. Um, back then, you know, the office, the U.S. office was experiencing some good growth. Uh, we had a more mature dealer network at the time. It was growing. And so naturally, we needed more staff uh, and also to grow the sales team to support all those efforts. You know, at that when I came on, the, the team was around six and it was growing uh, during that period of time. I think there was about a three month period of, of hiring so there were six, and that roughly doubled during that phase. And just to kind of go back a little bit, you know, in, in 2013, I made a soft transition from contracting uh, to the private sector, which which included co-founding a two-year ag startup. Well, that's cool. uh, yeah, at the time, it was called FarmSpace, and I, I think they've since changed their name. But yeah, I was dealing in ag. Uh, and I had enough experience with ag, but more experience with drone as a solution and so I was able to continue to address that ag challenge with Agco. So I, I went on from that startup and I worked for Agco as their uh, 3DR solo product specialist when when they took that in. So I had this this ag background when it came to drones, and and from there, you know, I learned that I I could do well consulting or working with an ex- an established dealer of the tech. So while I was looking around trying to transition now away from Agco, um maybe more again toward that consulting lane, I was looking around and Sensefly happened to be looking for an Ag sales manager. Oh, so I jumped wow. all over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, and it's it's interesting, you know, I don't have an Ag background, but Ag shares a lot of the the same, if not more. In fact, I know they they have mostly more challenges than than anybody else out there, right? Yeah. Walking in there as the non expert when it came to agriculture, but understanding the technology was super helpful. So I had a lot of enjoyment of connecting problems to solutions that we had at the time. So it was just a a big learning curve and growth phase for me. But yeah, so I came on with Sensefly as that ag sales manager to open up uh, more of those opportunities.
0: Yeah, it sounds like all the the puzzle pieces just happened to line up all at the right time at the right place, (laughs) just meant to be. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's exactly what it seemed like. You know, uh,
0: timing was actually working out on my on my side, so I took advantage. Yeah, you just had to jump. Mm-hmm. What is SenseFly's primary mission, and what is the company's greatest distinguishing factor within what is now a very crowded industry? For sure,
1: you know, our our goal still remains to create easy to use professional solutions that make mapping safer, more, and doing it more efficient with with high accuracy. All right, that's always been our our main cause. And what we continue to do, I found, you know, to answer that that second part of your question, uh, our distinguishing factors, you know, I found kind of two cases, you know, where users have two different experiences. They either come to us because, A, they've been told, hey, SenseFly is the way to go. Uh, sounds like you're, you're wanting to cover some larger areas. You can also do some smaller, but they're professional. They're established. So you need to just go ahead and go with SenseFly. Right. So we have people that show up and, and tell that story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, an, another thing that happens is a, is a customer that's feeling out the technology right there in that exploratory phase. So it's natural. I you know I want to try just about everything or whatever I can. And then once they sit down in front of our mission planning software and they understand our system as a whole, that's where we start to hear that phrase that's come about: is it just works, uh-huh. right? Yeah, we we all yeah we've all been down these other paths, and nobody's perfect by any means, but. They see a lot of this come together and go, "Wow, uh, this just works," and that's that's what's made us number one in, in the mapping sector in our class. And then I will say this: this this is definitely goes before anything. You know, when things aren't perfect, our customer support really shines. When you're talking about distinguishing factors, right? So when the skies aren't blue and you need some support, uh, we really shine there, and we we constantly get high remarks from our customer base about how our customer support treats them. So I'm constantly pleased with the efforts that our CSS team puts forth.
0: Yeah, and two things there. The the, first off, the fact that you're having that organic recommendations is just a testimony to the reputation that you've built in the industry. So that's that's an amazing accomplishment. And then going to just the the support and the fact that your product it just works, that's 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 winning in this industry. If you can simplify drone operations, if you can give it to a farmer, if you can give it to somebody in construction or mining and they can take a tool that's extremely advanced, but be able to use it in a, a simplified fashion. That's, that's winning in my opinion. Absolutely. So we're moving on now to probably the coolest thing, and it's probably the heart of your—I would say—the heart of your business, at least in my opinion. What is the EB? How did it get its name, and what are its capabilities? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's—it's a—it's an
1: awesome. <laughs> these are all great questions, so I'll just keep saying. <laughs> but but yeah, EB—the name itself was was pretty interesting. You know, I I've spoken to people over the years, especially when I first came on. Um, And naming a product, holy smokes, you know, anybody that's been a part of it, you know, doesn't want to do it again. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, for the most part, you know, when Swinglet came out, that was the very first uh, fixed wing drone SenseFly had made. And then it was time to graduate into a more uh, commercial platform, reliable. And so here we were with a, with a new product and what already existed, and one of those distinguishing factors, you know, that you'd asked about is Emotion. And that was a little E with a big M, motion. So Emotion is our mission planning software. So when it came down to, all right, well, what do we call this this next product? The first one was called Swinglet. And I don't think uh, anybody felt that that would be the best name to, to build a brand on. Okay. So, so a lot of thought went into... Well, we, we like this concept of, you know, differentiating ourselves and, and branding off this little letter with the big letter following kind of thing. Yeah. And of course, you can imagine the board was filled with suggestions. <laughs> but the, the inspiration was kind of drawn from how insects fly around and control themselves to carry out their tasks or survive, right? and Well, our task was to map. But that tied in with automation and our strength in the autopilot. And so I'm pretty sure that's where B was was derived from. I'm not going to 100% stamp <laughs> it, that it, you know, that it was a B that they were after. But that was kind of the idea. So we kept that little E and put B behind it. the The colors, you know, maybe not like super earth shattering there, but the the colors being black and yellow was really kind of just a coincidence. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, Right, because and it all seemed to work out, you know. But but primarily, those colors correlate with surveying and construction, right? So uh, those colors were were chosen: the yellow and black, and then you had the EB.
0: So, it, like I say, it kind of worked out, didn't it? Yeah, it's really cool. Super off topic, but anytime I'm, I'm talking about this drone uh, around, if my daughter's in within. Hearsight. She always thinks I'm saying Eevee, which is like a one of the big Pokemon that she's a huge fan of. So she let She always gets really excited.
1: <laughs> for, for sure. You know what's funny about the the name Eevee? I, I think that it's probably almost become a bigger name than SenseFly in some cases. You know, I, I hear often people say Eevee. You know, or you you know that's you're you're with the Eevee, and you have to remind them actually it's SenseFly. Yeah, so yeah. the name has really, really gained a lot of notoriety, and um, it—I would say—it's almost similar to Ram becoming a bigger product name than Dodge. You know, people know the Ram; they yeah. don't always say Dodge. That, so that's
0: a great example. Yeah, it's—it's
1: kind of cool to see to see EB uh, take take grasp as it has. Um, you asked another part of that question with the capabilities, and so to give you kind of a short answer on that, you know, today. The EB can carry up to seven different sensors and configurations. Um, five of those SenseFly owns, so we make those and control those, and and we partner with a uh, sister company and parent company for the other two sensors. To put that in perspective, our last model, currently we're on the EBX, right? And our last model was the EB Plus, and it had four sensors. Um, that, that last model was able to fly, you know, up to an hour, um, before that was 45 minutes, but today we're able to fly for up to 90 minutes, of course, depending on the environment that you're flying in, winds and those types of things. The other major capability that that EB owns is the mission planning software, right? So all the cool and wonderful things that I could tell you about an EB they, it, it might not mean much if I don't have a really good mission planning software motion is that.
0: Yeah. Otherwise it's just a fancy drone flying in the sky, right? You got it. And that's just not going to cut it. Right. So do you think the trend of as every generation of EB is released, as it gets a higher endurance, do you think we'll see a continuation of more sensor options as far as integration is concerned? You know, the the big thing there is that we're constantly
1: listening to feedback from our users, right? So if there's a gap out there that we're not addressing, uh, we take that pretty seriously. So the short answer is sure. We could see different sensors down the road, you know, as battery technology evolves and and we can fly for longer Then why not, you know? Um, But this is where we are uh, with keeping size in, in consideration and probably going to come up here in a bit, but the regulatory environment as well. So, so weight comes into play right now. Yeah. The, the power plant or the battery we're able to use uh, gets us up to 90 minutes.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's phenomenal. There aren't too many companies right now, specializing in fixed wing autonomous solutions. What drove SenseLite to invest into a fixed wing platform as opposed to the more common and traditional quadcopter variants that you see? For sure. You know, in the beginning, you know, I think the understanding
1: was that the quad thing, you know, was being done. There there weren't many, I don't think if any, kind of commercialized fixed wings out there again, on, on in our class anyway, um, there were some larger ones for sure. But being able to cover more area and, and to get access into more harsh environments was a big draw to the fixed wing and, and solving that challenge, right? Of, of making a safe, fully auton- well, autonomous vehicle that, that users could take advantage of. Uh, I think that was the initial draw. Uh, we did, however, you know, go down the quad route. We did make a, an inspection kind of platform called the Albris. And that was around 2015.
0: That's pretty cool. Didn't
1: know that. Yes. Yeah. So we had an inspection quad out on the market for a while. And then we, we stopped producing that back in 2018 as more of kind of a focus pivot uh, back into our fixed-wing platform. You know It's very important for us to have a solid product and, and to maintain our position in the fixed-wing market, which is you know the baseline of why we invested in our, sensor, in our sensor integration and our fixed-wing products in general.
0: Yeah. How does the EB fit into the framework of general society? And what I mean by that is, in what industries has the platform found the most success thus far?
1: Um, I think that as far as general society, I'll, I'll take that as, you know, who knows what kind of question, you know, and I think that there's still a lot more learning to be done. Um, you know, I'm often in the center of my world. This is drones and, and sense flying EB is at the center of my world. So I assume, you know, everybody knows the differences, but that's not always the case. And so I think that uh, people are coming around to understanding. That a drone can be many different shapes, sizes, and configurations here in the commercial space. So uh, the the industries that that we find the most success, you know, are going to be uh, in your surveying, in your construction, mining, um, and then also agriculture. Some of those verticals that you, you had named earlier on.
0: Yeah, it makes sense, and it sounds like that you've really afforded all of those industries. And an amazing option as far as having a tool that can provide them with really highly advanced integrated data, which is what really where every industry is headed right now is data management and data integration. Absolutely. So the Eevee, we sort of touched on this a little bit. It's it's quickly becoming a household name within the drone industry. In your opinion, what has been the greatest contributing factors to SenseFly's success with the EB?
1: Well, I'd say first and foremost, you know, it's it's the dedicated staff, you know, it's those that are passionate about solutions, you know, and that we're we're focused on making a product that people can use and not just something that we think is cool, but also alongside of that, definitely not behind it, is our dealer network and our partners. Right? They can take a huge part portion of that light. You know, when you have a disruptive technology and you're talking about uh, professional applications and accuracies, uh, you have to have the right partners to to validate and vet that type of technology, and so SenseFly has done a really good job uh, of finding those partners. You know, it's it's hard to fail and not gain notoriety when you're when you're working with professionals that are putting their names out there and and standing beside it. I think I think also being around for ten years doesn't hurt. Uh, especially in this in this industry. I mean, 10
0: years. I mean, that's that's longevity. You guys are dinosaurs. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. You know, I mean, it's it's a lot of experience. And so there's that challenge to make sure that we're not losing that internally. and We're continuously pumping that into our products. I mean, over that time, we've we've honed in on, on creating solutions for the expert in the field. And I think in two words, we listen. You know, every year we're putting that out and taking those surveys and listening to our customers. We had a user conference sales last year, but we had a user conference where everybody got together and shared their experiences and laid out where we need to be headed. You know, and during our last release back in August of 2018, we had three uh, launches across the globe one in Germany, one in Panama, and then one here in our our, uh, U.S. headquarters in Raleigh, North Carolina. You know, we had all of our dealers come here, and there was a a message, a common message across the board was, man, you guys checked every box we asked for with the EBX, you know. So, yeah, that that proved, you know, hey, we're listening and we're doing everything we can. I think also our involvement with the integration pilot program, the IPP, uh, has helped momentum. For sure and being present and then lastly i would say our automation in general yeah you know something the listener you know or anybody should consider is the level of automation that you're buying into right we're set up to where you don't have to take over the drone with a remote control uh, during any phase of the flight you know to me that's that's full automation where the the user is still on the loop to where you can click a a button to make different things happen but you don't have to Take that controller and fly manually, unless again regulations require that in some other parts of the world.
0: Right. I mean that's a that's a genuine push button solution right there. Absolutely, absolutely, and
1: and that's important when you talk about going after waivers, uh, considering safety factors and other things.
0: Yeah, that's. I'm sure it's got to be really rewarding and also motivating to have. Some of those user conferences where you get to hear testimonies about how your product is working, and then also getting to get a vision to seeing of where it can still improve and what it might look like in the future. I think those are that's a really great strategy to employ absolutely and it's it's also it's also pretty interesting you
1: know on the hardware side it's one one piece of it right, but there's different softwares that are developing and people have these different solutions where they can take that data and and do what they need to do with it. Right. So yeah. we'll we'll look at that and say, hey, is it a sensor that's necessary for that or is it partnering in with an analytic that can provide that? Right. So having, for lack of better terms, kind of a vanilla platform that we do, um, you know, it, it leaves us flexible and open to, to being able to do that.
0: Yeah, You can make some really delicious uh, sundays and <laughs> different shakes with that, though. I just got hungry. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) So the EV isn't the only component of your business. You've sort of touched on some of the sensors you do, but could you also briefly explain your other solutions? I looked on your website and there's a 360 solutions, obviously the cameras, software. Could you kind of give me a a broad just synopsis of everything you guys offer?
1: Yes, for sure. Um, So the 360 is is pretty straightforward. You know, we, we wanted to take the guess out of what do I need, right? To where I can figure, really grab that handle and have uh, all the components for me to go get the data that I need. So we created these bundles and called them 360 solutions. Uh, so with that, again, we put the camera that you need, the software that you'll need, and of course the the drone that you'll need to to go do that. I think a really good example is is our latest addition, which is the solar um, Solar 360. Right. So, for instance, with Solar360, you know that you're going after maybe solar panels or or uh, even rooftop inspections or those types of things. We have a package ready with EBX, the Duet-T, which is our thermal sensor that also includes uh, RGB. So kind of a first of its kind that we know of and, and Emotion mission planning software. But the kicker, I guess the cherry on top, since you have Sundays on my mind. <laughs> there we go. Let's uh, do it. Yeah, the kicker would be Raptor Maps subscription, right? So that's a a partnership that we have with Raptor Maps. So if somebody says, hey, what do I need to go after solar panel mapping? We can say
0: Solar 360, here are the details. And
1: uh, it's pretty much taking the wonder out of what's best.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. It's just I think it's incredible that you guys are doing all this while maintaining your flagship platform and sustaining its success doing all of these tasks all at the same time, that's, that's going to require a really great balancing act.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, you know, there's, there's other industry leaders, you know, our sister company pix 4d, you know, that has a very well known name in, in the photogrammetry world and the, in the stitching software. Right. So, a lot of our 360 solutions come with that PIX 4D type setup as well. So, those also help bolster our name as we stand next to other industry leaders.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it's that's where another key ingredient to success is surrounding yourself and collaborating with the best possible teammates. And it sounds like you guys are doing that. Yep. So when I would spoken to you at North Carolina, I can remember discussing the changes this industry has seen within the past couple of years, especially as it pertains to the public awareness of drone applica- of where drones are applicable beyond just military applications. You had even suggested or, or mentioned that you had overheard somebody in a public setting mention how drones are being incorporated into their into their workplace. <laughs> what has contributed to this shift in perception, and what excites you most about the proposition of favorable public perception? For sure. I think that um, one of the key drivers
1: is the demand, right? We we have to produce more, collect more and and provide deliverables faster and those types of things. So if you're in that line of business, then I'm pretty sure that drones have come up in your board meetings and your meetings in general. And so you start to have that discussion, you know, what type of technology should we take on? And I think drone is in the, the centerpiece of that. Um, I think also exposure. You know, we have an outstanding marketing team. You know that that takes these types of um, events and and puts them o- across the wire and puts our name out there. Drones for good is a really good example. That's a huge movement. You know that we've been a part of. You know it, it kind of ties back to one of the things that I think was on our mind of of kind of unique applications and. One of my favorite one, maybe maybe not so unique, but definitely one of my favorite recent events was Amache out West, out in uh, out in Colorado. And that was dealing with the Japanese American internment camps and mapping that out. So wow. people wow. could, yeah, I mean, these are big, big impact stories that, that make a difference. So that's why I say I- I- exposure. Um, another, another one that's really starting to take advantage and has been for a while, but I think it's more put together to where um, these organizations can take full advantage of the technologies. animal conservation, right? So it's, when you think about mapping, wow, you know, the world's wide open as to what you could be mapping, but animal conservation has always been a big topic. So we're seeing more and more on that front, which is also very, very exciting. Um, and, you know, here come the buzzwords, right? With edge computing and machine learning and AI, those types of things, but there's amazing things that are, that are being done, um, with the images themselves, so we're talking about non-invasive technology to gain insights, and you know, in general, yeah. that's you know, research and education is also taking full advantage as well. So, like I say, it's it. I could go on forever, you know, about what's going on, but I think those are the key driving factors which which are turning people's heads towards this technology and and seeing SenseFly emerge.
0: Yeah, I think people are finally catching on to the fact that drones are providing real world solutions to real world problems. And that, that's a big deal. Absolutely. And, and I'll say the last thing
1: was pretty interesting as of late, you know, we, we all have different stories as to how we ended up into this drone space. But the good news is I'm starting to hear, I don't want to say less exciting. In fact, it's more exciting that, you know, people are coming out of school with these IT backgrounds and, and the data analytics And they're finding these jobs in the drone space as a normal job. Right. Right. Before it was like this trek or this journey to get to a drone company. But, uh, you know, I was hanging out uh, with some friends and another part of that group, you know, I was over at – not throwing a plug for these guys. I just like their beer. But I was over (laughs) at the Trophy Brewery over here in Raleigh. Anyway, you know, one of the guys was saying, yeah, you know, I just got a job in the drone industry. Like it was no big deal. And I was – I was blown away. I'm like, wait, tell me more. This is super exciting. So more and more of that's happening as well. Yeah.
0: And it's not just an industry confined to just, you know, a bunch of technical geeks and nerds. Like anybody can be a part of this now. Yes, exactly. And and knuckle draggers like myself,
1: (laughs) you know, they're they're experts and well-educated people coming into the scene and have been uh, making this thing happen. So it's very exciting.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. How engaged is Sensefly with regulatory developments such as BV loss or beyond visual line of sight? Is it more of a matter of merely observing the changes as they come? Or does Sensefly have more, have a more engaged role in steering these changes? And a second part of this question is how big of an impact would BV loss integration have on the EB's development?
1: For sure. Um, you know, I'll tell you
0: this. I I
1: wouldn't be satisfied unless we had a desk next to those responsible for writing regulations and laying out the way forward. But that's definitely not feasible. Right. Right. We we can't right there in that room. So in short, you know, we're involved in every possible way that we can be. There's different committees out here that are writing regulations. You know, I'm doing everything I can to make sure we're up front and center. Uh, that, that we're in these conversations, at these meetings. You have the M 38 committee, uh, which addresses issues related to design, performance, quality acceptance tests, safety monitoring, and UAV systems in general. So SenseFly is doing our part of being in the center of that, which obviously we take into consideration to our roadmap, right? And uh, we've been able to thus far put out products that are futurized, Right. So that you can fly beyond today's regulatory environment and go after these waivers and push the uh, IT, the IPP programs right to their limits to where we're defining what integrating into the national airspace will mean. So uh, the short answer is super involved. And, and being right there, making sure that we're doing the right things uh, so that people can use our product as we
0: define the space. And what specifically is your role within the the IPP project that's going on in North Carolina?
1: So we, you know, we go through this through partnership, right? So as the manufacturer, uh, you have the different organizations that say, we want to go after, you know, we, we, we're going to submit for this project and they get approved. And they say, we're going to use an EB uh, for multiple reasons, you know, I I'll cautiously, you know, I'm going to go into, to gloating how great we are, but, <laughs> but, but they see our 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 platform as proven. You know, we've been there, we've done it. So, hey, we also have an opportunity to succeed here if we partner with SenseFly. So, SenseFly is providing all of that documentation, everything that's coming. You know, the requirements that are coming from that program. SenseFly is providing all of that. And we work with those partners uh, to some degree and level on the hardware side as well, you know, uh, where it makes sense. So it's very much in partnership, right? And there's usually two or three players um, in any one of those projects. Uh, Right now, we're working closely with NCDOT. That's, That's been something that we've been able to take advantage of being here local in Raleigh, North Carolina with them. So, you should see more about that down the road, but uh, it's just another example,
0: yeah, it's really exciting and then going back to the the impact of b v loss integration if that if the, those doors are open and b v loss is widely accessible, could we do you maybe envision seeing dramatic changes in the in the way that the EB's development is is kind of approached?
1: yeah, you know we'll we'll obviously going back to you know how long can you fly and those types of things you know I think right now. We have a pretty darn robust system. Yeah, and, I would agree. And, right, you know, I mean, an example of that versus just being confident is, you know, last year we we had the privilege to be local and and be a part of the hurricane response for Florence, and so when called upon, we we went out with NCDOT and you know, got escorted down to the highway and opened up our box and we were able to fly three miles away with good connectivity. Um, That was all done underneath the TFR. So it was all organized, but that was the first beyond visual line of sight within CDOT anyway, in North Carolina. So it's one thing to say BV loss and and those types, but it's a whole nother thing to actually function in it and to be able to perform. So I think the short answer is that we build on what we have, you know, if, if we need to get 20 miles out, then what does that mean from a, from a development standpoint? And then there's going to be other technologies, you know, be it, uh, broadcasting or, or cell, uh, cell tower connectivity and those types of things. And and we'll have to figure out how to uh, integrate with them. So we're continuing that strong communication, that good link. So we know what's going on with the drone, obviously. And
0: then I think the, the last piece of that is power in the bad boy. Going back to the this idea of drones for good and the applicability of how drones are solving real-world problems. I mean, you brought up the topic of Hurricane Florence that happened last year. I mean, look at just what, what just happened with Hurricane Dorian and especially the, the devastation that happened in the Bahamas. Drones and especially platforms like the SenseFly – can have a meaningful difference obviously it's not going to change the fact that there is a storm there, but it can definitely have an impact on how fast recovery operations can can happen so it's just amazing what this technology can do
1: yeah absolutely and i I think what was great about this this chapter anyway versus last is is that the e b u was already in the hands of n c d o t where in the in the last chapter uh it wasn't right, so it became you know, very obvious that they needed to take advantage of the fixed wing platform to cover more area. So it was really good to see that the powers to be out there mapping out and getting people back in their homes faster and understanding the environments to keep people safe, that they were using all types of drones. So, yeah, I totally agree.
0: So what's next for SenseFly and the eB, and for those wanting to learn more about your company and platform, and maybe even getting the chance to see the drone in person flying? Which event will your company be staged at next?
1: Well, first off, we're, you know we're going to be headed uh, our big next big one is going to be in Germany, which is Energeo. You know we are a global company. Just a little plug with our our distribution, but we are a global company. We have 80 plus dealers across the world that serve into 200 countries, right? So uh, we, we attend some of these global events and Energia is the next one. But I would encourage yourself and any listener to go to our contact page uh, on our website and sign up for our newsletter. That's a really good way of following our activity. Um, and also on LinkedIn, you know, we do a lot of uh, event awareness on LinkedIn. You know, it's a great, again, it's a great way to stay un- informed with what we're doing. Um, We also have some some smaller events that when you go there and you you decide to follow us, that will be unveiling as we go. So maybe not as as big as national level shows and those types of things. But, you know, you may see SenseFly coming to a neighborhood near you type of thing. So uh, stay tuned there and um, and you'll know where we
0: are. Yeah, That's pretty cool. I will make sure that I have links to the newsletter as well as your LinkedIn profile so listeners can get all the information they need. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, Troy, I just – I really want to thank you. That's going to wrap up our show. I really want to thank you for just, like I said, the time you've taken today. I want to thank you for your service. I also just want to thank you for, I mean, your enthusiasm and passion for this industry. I mean, just getting to talk to you for a few short minutes in North Carolina and now on this podcast. It's just – it's – it's infectious. You, you know, your enthusiasm is just, it's motivated me to want to do more, to be more engaged in promoting the good that drones are doing. And I'm, I'm confident that you, as well as your entire team there at SenseFly are just going to continue just knocking this out of the park as you guys move forward. So best of luck to you.
1: Well, thank you. And I'm going to give you a big hug right back, Steven. <laughs>
0: and, and appreciate you for,
1: you know, having this podcast and creating awareness. I was so pumped up when I heard you say that you had this going on. So Again, it's an absolute pleasure. It's an honor, and and thank you very much. And look forward to doing anything else down the road with you.
0: Yeah, maybe next time we're uh, we're face to face. We'll go hit up some uh, place for some Sundays. Uh, I like it. I like <laughs> it. So
1: so we'll wrap it up with hugs and Sundays. All hugs right, and did. Sundays.
0: <laughs> you know what? You can you can tagline that. That's the that's the title of this podcast.
1: Right? Drones for good.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to everyone for listening to this week's episode of On Man Uncovered. Again, this is Stephen Gloss, your host, a drone subject matter expert, consultant, content creator, and instructor for Consortiq, an organization purpose to help you and your organization fly drones safely with training and software. Do you want to learn more about how drones can improve your business? Reach out to me and my partners at Consortic and we'll show you the way. Remember that Unmanned Uncovered is always available on Apple Podcasts, so be sure to subscribe and stay updated on, late- on the latest releases and download episodes to Take With You wherever you go. And don't forget to check out my Facebook page by searching for Unmanned Uncovered like the page, and follow me week by week for the drone industry's most intriguing profiles. I'd love to hear your feedback and recommendations for these and future episodes, so feel free to leave comments or questions via Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm also always looking for candidates to interview for future episodes, so if you or someone you know might be interested, be sure to reach out. That's all for this week. Stay tuned for next week's edition, and until next time, safe flying, everyone.